What's up, guys? Welcome back to a new episode of Bricktown Breakdown. I'm here with my co-host, Tony. Hunter is taking the day off. Uh, personal rest day is what we'll call it. Uh, but Tony, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Uh, that's surprising to hear, considering what uh, <laughs> we just watched the last <laughs> couple hours. Well, you know, I'm a cup half full type of guy. <laughs> All right, well, since, since last time we talked, the Funders regular season uh kicked off two games in against the jazz and the rockets it's basically the same script uh the thunder made it interesting for like the first few minutes of the game and then eventually you know the talent disparity or not even the talent disparity in houston's case it's just that the other team just started playing a lot better and eventually by halftime you already had an idea that the game was going to be over i think both teams led by half by like over 20 points and, and to save our listeners and ourselves the trouble of you know talking about both games back to back i think we, we can just bun, bundle them together as they were like like i said basically the same the same outcome in the same game i mean yeah i mean like you pretty much said it the word the word to summarize both of them is a blowout you know um it's it's just been I mean, we we kind of expected this, right? But I think this is more on the severe side, especially with the Houston one, as we were talking uh, before we started recording. Because with the Jazz, it's it's understandable they're they're a contending team in the West, uh, but Houston is is supposed to be a team that um, you know that's supposed to be down there towards the bottom with us, and and we made them look like a championship caliber team tonight. Uh, but I think it's it's a lot that we have no presence in the middle whatsoever. So teams are easily able to just, uh, it seems like whatever player, you know, it don't matter if he's uh, been playing for a while or not, whatever player gets to that, uh, to the middle on us is able to score. And I think that's able to build confidence on, on, on the opposing team. And, and then after that, they just start get, get going, which would explain why, like in the beginning of the games, we're able to, kind of keep up with them and then they start pulling away and, and man when they pull away they don't look back at all yeah i mean we kind of knew heading into the season that the center position is part was going to be okc's weakest spot that i mentioned the entire training camp and preseason how that's going to be the most fluid position and so far he's lived up to his word two games in two different starting centers but basically the same result where the opposing center or the opposing big they were able to live in the paint and like you know get basically anything they wanted I mean, Rudy Gobert first game, he grabbed 21 boards. Christian Wood tonight, he grabbed, he scored 31 points and sc- and grabbed for, uh, 14 rebounds. Um, so we kind of knew that heading into the season that the starting position, st- the starting center position was probably going to be OKC's weak spot and something that other teams were going to exploit. But like, man, it's 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 been pretty bad, man. Like, uh, like Derek Favors <laughs> is like the only, you know, traditional center big on the roster, and like. At this point in his career, I don't think he's really going to hold up when it comes to, like, you know, protecting the rim. Yeah, and and not only that, I mean, you know, Mark is still kind of playing with uh, the rotations. I mean, in game one, we saw uh, a different rotation than in game two. Um, also playing with the starting lineup. So it's, it's it, we're still in that kind of – I don't think we're going to be this bad all year. Uh, but we're still in that kind of trying to find our identity, you could say, um, especially offensively. 
man, you better hope it's not this bad. Like losing games man. is one thing, <laughs> but like losing games at this magnitude. This, this is bad. Yeah. Because the Houston one, uh, like uh, I think the Jazz one, by halftime we were down by, uh, I think 12. it was 12 points. Yeah. yeah. That's respectable. So, yeah, so it's like okay, that's not too too bad. We could make a comeback still, but the the Rockets game, I think by the second quarter, I was like, dude, this is over. Yeah, I think they were leading by by over by nearly forty points at one point during the game. It's just yeah, dude, that's just embarrassing. And um, obviously, it's frustrating for us, uh, but it's also frustrating for the players because you know, oh yeah, for especially sure. uh, like. SGA, he's he's in a bit of a slump. I know it's only been two games, but he hasn't really been performing to. Uh, he's been a little disappointing, you could say, to what we're, I think most of us were expecting of SGA. Yeah. How much of that do you think has to do with the fact that this is his first couple games back in seven months? And, or how much of this has to do with the fact that, you know, other teams are homing in on SGA knowing that he's OKC's only, like, you know, legit scoring threat? Or did he get to mix of both? I think um, I think it's a little mix of both, but I think it's more so to, uh, on that second one where they're kind of homing in on him because he's really our biggest offensive threat, you know. And and it, you could see it like in the Rockets game when when he had the ball, he was trying to you know drive down the middle. They would collapse on him. It's almost as if they weren't. To me, it seemed like they weren't respecting our other players really, so they were just. Uh, most of their attention was on SGA and uh, it, they were making it real difficult on him. And especially like, I mean, it's going to be a difficult year for him because if that's if that's how the year is going to go, then it's going to be pretty frustrating for him. Yeah. And you kind of saw that frustration manifest right before halftime where he was seen, you know, basically looking upset. And that probably has to do with the fact that it had, it had just how uh, poorly he's played for his standards at the least. And like, how these games have turned out and but yeah i mean it sucks man uh, i think mike muscala mentioned after the game today that they got to do their part in terms of like you know hitting the shots that they're given but like uh that kind of reminds me of the first half against the utah game where they played you know fundamentally sound they were making the right passes making the right reads you know and i think but you know uh they just don't have the shooting or the 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 talent or uh, they have the talent, but it's mostly raw talent, which, you know, Daniel Bell mentioned to me yesterday. They just don't have the shooting to capitalize on the good shots that they're creating. And when that happens and you're getting, you know, blown out in games, you kind of go away from that and start playing a lot of ISO ball. You saw that in the second half in the Utah games. So, yeah, OKC in stretches of, of games, they're, they're playing the right way. It's just that they don't have the shooting. And this was the case last season as well. I think they're like middle of the pack in terms of like passes made per game, but like they were still the worst team in the entire league offensively in terms of like offensive net rate on offensive rating. So, I mean, like I said, I just feel like the gap in talent is pretty wide from the funder and compared to like, you know, other teams. Yeah, it's, it's right now it is pretty wide, but on the bright side, we are the best team so far to get that number one pick. <laughs> yeah. I was saying like, man, I hope they give us extra lottery balls for, uh, for <laughs> these point differentials <laughs> yeah man they're pretty they're pretty crazy but um i would i would uh like to know your opinion on uh you know the play of poku so far 
Well, I mean, like you said, it's two games in, two games of 82 games, so very small sample size. But so far, just like last season, it's kind of a mixed bag. Like his first game, the first game of the season, he didn't really look that good. Uh, he only played 15 minutes. Uh, it, it looked like he took a step back compared to like how he played uh, in the second half of last season. And this and for tonight's game, he looked a lot better, man. Like he was making the right reads, making the right plays. So he showed some really good uh, passes as well, especially I think he had like a really good outlet pass there in the first half where he grabbed a rebound and basically chucked the, chucked the ball to Darius Baisley for, for an easy layup. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, this is poke. He's, we got to remember he's still 19 years old. Uh, so he'll, he'll probably have like another up and down season. You just got to hope that, you know, there's more ups than downs compared to last year as well. And like, there's a, a little bit more consistency I don't think Poku is going to be consistently good this entire season, but like you hope that, you know, there's a little bit more uh, peaks than there were valleys. Yeah, that's my biggest thing, man. I just want to, I hope to see some consistency throughout the year instead of, uh, you know, either he does really well, scores 20 points this game, or or he basically does a dud. Um, But, you know, like you said, he's he's very young still, uh, still a raw talent. Um, we knew when we drafted him that he was going to be a long-term project. Um, but, you know, uh, considering what they were saying in the offseason, I would, I think it's fair to say I'm a little disappointed in, in uh, his involvement and um, in his play so far. But like you said, this, he, did, he did play with a lot more confidence this game. So, you know, that first game maybe it was, you know, jitters, excitement, kind of getting out still. Um, I'll tell you who I, I'm really, really liking um, is Trey Mann, man. His his shooting form and his shooting stroke is very solid. Yeah, man. You didn't really see a lot of that in preseason, right? I don't think he took that many frees, but, like, no. these first couple games, you, sh- you can see why the funder drafted him so high in the draft. Like, he's probably one of the best shooters on the team already. I mean, he's, I mean, would it be fair to say that by the end of the season, you can make a case that, he is the best outside shooter on the team. Is that too far of a reach to uh, predict? I really don't think so, man. I think, like, in terms of, uh, like, he'll have the highest shooting percentage. Yeah, for sure. I mean, SGA is probably I still so. the most talented three-point shooter. But, like, in terms of, like, you know, shooting percentage and all that, I feel like uh, Trey Mann is a, is a good candidate to, uh, to win that reward, I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, just every time I watch him shoot, it's just like – it's so clean, you know, like I was like almost expecting it to go in, uh, which is a nice sight to see in OKC considering we kind of struggled with guards shooting. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of rookies, what two games in, what do you think of, uh, what do you think of Josh Giddy's play so far? Honestly, man, I think he's, he's playing well. I think he's playing well. Um, I know there's uh, some criticism uh, online on him, but, his passing is is beautiful, man. Uh, there was a couple times where he was kind of forcing the pass, which which led to turnovers. Uh, so throughout the season, I would like to see him not so much force passes in heavy traffic, but I mean that's just uh, that's really getting down to critiquing him, you know, because his the majority of the time he's making spectacular passes and. And some passes that I'm just like, man, how did he see it? And, and considering that he's so young still, like he really gets me excited for what he can become. But so far, I think he's playing well. I mean, he's, you know, he's a rookie uh, two games in. 
And hopefully throughout, as the season goes on, his confidence gets uh, better and better and his offensive role grows a little more um, to where he's basically second fiddle to SGA, you know, and, and he's, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it's crazy to think that he can be right in the rookie rookie of the year conversation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in a vacuum, he has the chance to have a case. I mean, he's the sixth overall pick in a rebuilding team. He should expect a ton of room for error and playing a ton of minutes. So he'll have plenty of opportunities to, uh, rack up counting stats. Thankfully, rookie of the year, you know, record doesn't really matter in every word. So, yeah, Giddy could definitely make a case. Uh, I think the only thing that would hold Giddy back is his lack of scoring. Uh, two games in, he's only scored 10 total points, and I don't think he's really looked into, you know, getting a shot up or, you know, scoring at will. Uh, are you a little bit concerned by that? Uh not yet. Not yet. Maybe if, uh, you know, we're 10, 15 games in and he's still not really being um, aggressive, aggressive on the offensive end, then I'd start to be a little concerned. Um, I don't want to say it's like he's not necessarily scared because he did play, you know, in the Australian league. It's not like he's coming from college, but um, I'm going to just give it up to kind of being those uh you know, the first couple of games of the NBA, he's, he's kind of getting his nerves out still. Um, it's still kind of adjusting to the pace. Um, but I'm not necessarily worried right now. Yeah, I wonder how much that has to do with the fact that this is probably, you know, the funder trying to bring him along slowly and not throw everything at him at once as well. Uh, but like you said, I'm sure as the season progresses, Giddy's confidence will, will rise. And when that happens, he'll probably... Uh, look more into like you know trying to get his own when it comes to scoring the basket yeah i think i think as well as uh as this as it progresses he's gonna see that you know most of these players aren't probably gonna knock the shots down so he'll just have to take it himself yeah for sure and that's what you want obviously giddy's like the most the second most important player on this team right now in terms of player development so you want giddy to take as many shots as he pleases. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Giddy being like, you know, near the bottom of the team when it comes to total shots taken. I feel like if Giddy is going to reach his like full potential, he, full potential, he needs to, you know, be a little bit more of an aggressive scorer. Uh, I think I made the comp that, you know, he could be a Roger on Rondo type of player. And, and but in order to do that, you got to take shots. I mean, even Rondo in his prime, he was willing to take shots. So Hopefully, uh, he develops that skill eventually. Uh, like I said, two games in, <laughs> he's 19 years old. He has a lot of a lot of room for error when it comes to that. He has like a lot of like time to figure that out. Yeah, definitely, man. I will. Um, besides that, it has anybody any anything else about these last two games that you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, they've just been ugly, you know. Like we've pretty much said, uh, the interior presence, if it doesn't change throughout the season, um, it's pretty much, I think it's going to be the same game plan for every team that's going to go up against us, which kind of sucks because our next couple of games are, um, especially our, our home opener. Actually, our home opener on, on Sunday against the Sixers, I could see that being like... Um, what do they call it like a trap game or something where we actually end up being competitive against the Sixers. Cause like 
you know, it's the home opener. I can see our team being like real excited, you know, kind of being pissed off from these last two performances and end up coming in and, and competing and keeping it close with the 76ers, even though they have Joel Embiid, who is a very good offensive center who will probably put up like 50 points on us. Um, but I can see that being like a trap game where, where we're like, what the hell, what, what is going on here? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the perfect formula of, you know, OKC playing their first competitive game on Sunday. They're coming back to their home crowd which is going to be the first time they've played in front of a home crowd against a Thunder fans and, and basically their, their first time in their career. So most of these guys and, you know, they've lost two straight in pretty bad fashion. And then you got Philly dealing with the whole Ben Simmons drama, which is a nice segue to our next topic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what uh, right. were just your general thoughts on that, man? It feels like we get a new update every every day about what exactly is happening there. That's so crazy, dude. The whole situation that's going on down in uh, Philadelphia is is something that could have been avoided, and it wasn't. And now it's just like blown up in Daryl Morey's face. And 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 to come out and say that, like, oh, we're willing to deal with it for four years, uh, which obviously, like, I think all of us know that that's not gonna happen. Uh, but even, like, do you think uh, Ben Simmons is going to be there for the rest of this year? Nah, man. I, I think he's traded before pretty soon. I, it's just we've seen the situation play out a lot of times over the last couple of years. Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis, uh, even Kawhi of sorts. All these guys, at the, at the end of the day, James Harden is another one. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, these guys end up playing to whichever team they want to play for one way, shape, or form. And, like, this kind of reminds me of the Jimmy Butler situation where Jimmy Butler started the season off the Wolves. He only played a couple of games. And, like, a couple of weeks into the season, I guess the Wolves realized, like, all right, we just got to trade Butler and get whatever we can back for him. Philly isn't at that stage yet for whatever reason. I guess there were more thinks he's managing an NFL team where <laughs> the player eventually caves. But, nah, you can't get away with that nowadays. And, like, I really don't know what they expected. Uh, I think everybody with a brain could have foreseen this happening. Like, you force Simmons back in a situation he doesn't want to be back. He's going to put, you know, the most minimum amount of effort he could. And that kind of happened with the whole practice situation where he was basically half-assing practices. So I just... I just don't... I just don't know what, what Philly was, going, was thinking heading into this. Like, they should have... Uh, realized what where the situation was gonna go and should have traded him as soon as possible in order to get the most out of him. But like now his trade value, Simmons is still a top 25, 30 player in the league. Don't get don't get me wrong about that. But like right now his trade value is probably as low as it's gonna get. And like I just don't see how how it can you know rise back up again. Yeah, I think I think if uh, for whatever reason and by whatever miracle Ben Simmons does last. Uh, the whole year with the 76ers, I think it would, it should ultimately cost Darren Moore his job. I know it's pretty quick, but it's like, dude, that's like malpractice, you know, like you're, you're not only uh, hurting yourself and you're in, in the organization, but you're also hurting the, 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 the team 
and the like highest potential they could have reached because you can clearly tell like Joel Embiid and the players are kind of tired of talking about uh, Ben Simmons and obviously that's all the media is going to be asking about and 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 national media because that's a big story uh, but you could clearly tell that the the players are frustrated I know uh, Joel Embiid I think it was the game uh, today you know to open up against a their home you know he, he said that, that he's Ben Simmons is still their brother but it's like man clearly seeing someone like Ben Simmons coming to practice uh essentially disrespect your head coach and uh and just walk out and he clearly doesn't care about anything that's got to be real frustrating and yeah I'd be assuming that they're more um if not him the ownership should be pressuring Durham Murray to get rid of Ben Simmons and try just try and get what you can get for him and just take the L because obviously they, they should have traded him uh, during the offseason when he still had pretty good value, but now they've just kind of shot it. They shot themselves in the foot, essentially. Yeah, I feel like at this point, trading Simmons is basically an addition by subtraction because like you said, the player, you can tell that players the players are getting kind of sick of talking about this basically every day and like it just it's just an awkward situation for both sides like it's clear as day that this is gonna this is gonna end in a trade and like I just I just don't know what Daryl is doing here uh you know he's a GM he's smarter than I am when it comes to this stuff I'm sure he has his reasoning for it I just I'm just having a hard time seeing where he's coming from yeah dude I feel like this is just like a uh no, I'm putting my foot down. I'm not going to let you, you know, do this to me. I feel like it's an ego type of thing. Yeah. Plus, Daryl Morey, he's known for not really caring about team chemistry and all that and looking at players that, like from an analytical point of view. And, like, we've seen – we've read plenty of stories where, you know, agents of players and players themselves have come out and said that they don't like Morey because of that and, like, how he doesn't respect team chemistry and, like, in, intangible – things like that so i guess if anybody was going to do this it's probably gonna be maury who really doesn't care about you know team chemistry which again should make you be very thankful that we have sam presti uh and yeah the ownership that we do <laughs> it's 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 crazy how night and day it is as to like how they're handling ben simmons and how okc has handled like you know paul george chris paul russell westbrook al horford like the examples can go on and on Oh, yeah, man. And, like, we just have to see if, you know, all this good report that the funder building with, like, all these other agents and players play pay off uh, when it comes to, like, you know, convincing guys to sign with KC. But, like, it's still good practice to see what happens because, you know, thinking about it, it just feels like it would make sense that, you know, OKC does these agents and players a favor and, like, down the road, the agents and players – do uh do a favor for them by you know signing there so we'll just have to see i mean uh this happened with paul george as well from what i remember correctly like paul george signed his extension but like sam was like hey give it a year and if it doesn't work out we'll trade you to wherever you want to go and that's what ended up happening yeah most definitely man uh i it's just like it's it's crazy because like it you know that uh, this is something that would never happen here, and you kind of look over there and you're like, "Man, that's that's insane." But to each his own. 
Yeah, plus we're a small market team, so we got to find every advantage we can possible when it comes to uh, building a team because nobody's ever going to willingly sign here. <laughs> <laughs> Man. But, uh, yeah, any final thoughts, Tony? This is a pretty short pod. Uh, not, not really. Just, uh, again, looking, I'm looking forward to the uh, season opener on Sunday just because, like I said, I feel like it's going to be a game where uh, we're going to be at least more competitive than we have these past two games. Um, I'm also curious to see um, the fans, uh, the fans back in the arena after so long. Um, and to see actually, actually to see as well how many fans show up. Hopefully, it's a pretty big crowd. Um, but I'm just excited for Sunday. Uh, hopefully, we can get more, a little more competitive, and 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 the game's not decided by the second quarter. But either way, like I said, uh, this is something that we kind of expected, um, and we're going for, you know. Our, our finals is going to be that lottery draw again, and hopefully we have a little more luck on our side. Uh, but other than that, not really. Yeah, I think it's going to be exciting. I mean, it's pretty great. It's going to be even more exciting to see how, you know, these players react to playing in front of, uh, in front of fans for the first time in Oklahoma City because I think the only players who've actually played in front of, like, you know, an Oklahoma City crowd are, like, who SGA, Dort, Baisley, Muscala, is that really it? Everybody else on the roster hasn't. Uh, Isaiah. Oh yeah, did Isaiah play? I don't think Isaiah played because uh, you know he had his foot. Oh, fracture. in front of fans, huh? Yeah, yeah. So this is the first. This is gonna be the first time playing, and it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty crazy to see, especially for some of these guys Man. who've been on this team uh, for a couple of years now, like Poku. That's crazy. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize it's been that long. Yeah, well, did they play any any home games at at uh at Paycom this season, or you know, in terms of preseason games? I don't think they did. No, I, I think, think they so. did, but like, I don't. Th- it's not the same, obviously. <laughs> like preseason game, yeah. regular season game, the vibes are different. Yeah, but yeah, so we got that to look forward to, and yeah, next time we'll talk, we'll probably talk about the amount of games from now to then that they played. Hopefully, you know, it's we'll have more to talk about and it won't just be, you know, the same thing where uh, the game decided by halftime. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, man. But yeah, so thank you guys for listening. Please like, share, subscribe to the pod. Leave any questions on Twitter, Reddit, wherever, and we'll definitely answer them next time we talk. But yeah, thanks for listening and have a good day.